You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday, and I'm going solo again. My brother Isaac and his family going through some things, so salute to them, prayers to them. So I'm going to handle this solo until my brother gets back to the Ron Pass Option with me next week. But today, it's a special Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota Timberwolves postgame, game six postgame edition of the run pass option. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's a happy, happy, joy, joy episode edition of the run pass option because the Memphis Grizzlies took care of the Minnesota Timberwolves in game six of their first round Western Conference playoff series. The Grizzlies go to Minnesota and win it 114 to 106. And with that dub, the Grizzlies win the series four games to two. Now, this was a tough series. A tough series, and I got to give it to Minnesota. They played well the entire series, kind of outplayed the Grizzlies the entire series, but they didn't outscore the Grizzlies the entire series. The Grizzlies going to Minnesota with a chance to close it out, and this is the time when you want your big-time players to step up and you want your team to play like they played in the regular season. The Grizzlies, the number two overall seed in the Western Conference, which means they had a hell of a – well, they had a hell of a heaven of a regular season, and they did, winning 56 games, a franchise best. So uh, the Grizzlies going into this first-round playoff series against Minnesota, the two-seed, Minnesota the seven-seed, but Minnesota took the Grizzlies to six games. But guess what? It doesn't matter. The Grizzlies with a big dub in Minnesota, and a big reason why they got a big dub, a big reason the Grizzlies were able to win 114-106 to is because they had one of their best players. Jaron Jackson Jr. actually able to stay on the court, not foul out. He did eventually end up in foul trouble, but Jaron Jackson Jr. was able to be on the court and actually play, as I said, and not foul out like he did a couple of games this series. And Jaron coming up huge for the Grizzlies, 18 points, 14 rebounds, uh, 14 rebounds, or 14 rebounds. I like that, 14 rebounds, 18 points, 14 rebounds. But Jaron Jackson Jr. and just coming up huge and coming up big and just being a presence out there, a presence that the Memphis Grizzlies needed. But it just wasn't Jaron. And the thing about it, when Jaron Jackson Jr. plays well, when Jaron Jackson Jr. plays the way Jaron Jackson Jr. can play, the Memphis Grizzlies are a threat to win an NBA championship this season. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has to play like he played in game six against Minnesota in Minnesota in order for the Grizzlies to achieve all the goals and aspirations they have. And uh, the goal and aspiration they had, they had to go to Minnesota and close it out and come on back to Memphis and start round two was achieved, basically, basically because Jaron Jackson Jr. came up huge. But uh, another guy that came up huge as well, Brandon Clark. I'm telling you now, John Moran had a triple-double this series. But this really wasn't a good offensive series for Ja, he didn't really didn't play that well this series, even though he had a huge game five. You know what he did with the dunk 
and the game-winning layup. This really wasn't a good series for Ja. But it was a damn show, an outstanding series for Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Brandon Clark is the MVP of this first-round series for the Memphis Grizzlies against the Timberwolves because all Brandon Clark did was come in and play with energy and effort every single game. Brandon Clark didn't take a minute off. Brandon Clark didn't take a second off. He finishes game six with 17 points, 11, 17 points, 11 rebounds off the bench, as always. Five assists, three blocks, five offensive rebounds. And not only that, something that doesn't show up on the stat sheet is all those balls that Brandon Clark gets his hands on and pats back, pats away, that other Grizzlies end up getting that allows the Grizzlies to hold on to possessions. Brandon Clark does that a lot. And he always in position and he's always getting big shots. And I love the way he was attacking Carl Anthony Towns on the offensive end. Brandon Clark is extremely athletic and he hits some tough shots. One shot he hit, man, he just hung in the air, kind of double pumped, pumped it and hit a layup. And I mean, he just came up huge. But several Grizzlies came up huge. It was really a team effort. We'll talk about John Moran. He had 17 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, but it wasn't a good game for him. It wasn't. But luckily for the Grizzlies, they didn't need Ja to really have a good game because a lot of other Grizzlies stepped up, man. Dylan Brooks, 23 points, five of six from three-point range, knocked down some huge threes, but more than that, he played some great defense. Played some good defense on Anthony Edwards, even though that young Royal ended up with 30 points. I think he had 30 points for Minnesota. But he wasn't allowed to kill us. Dylan played great defense before finally fouling out, which means Dylan made the most of the six fouls he's given. Playing aggressive defense, playing great on both ends of the court. Now, sometimes I get on Dylan because he looks for his offensive shot too much sometimes to me. I want him to be more of a defender, but Dylan is like, look, man, hell, I'm the, I was the Pac-12 player of the year when I was playing for Oregon, man. What you talking about? I got buckets. I can get buckets, and he does get buckets. And he got buckets in game six, knocking down five of six threes, 23 points. As I said, John Morant, 17 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. And Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, 10 points off the bench, and he hit a three. Late in the game, Grizzlies up one, shot clock winding down. It was a rush three, but he knocked it down with about a minute to play, put us up by four, and it was pretty much all she wrote with that. Tyus Jones comes in and hits, hits a big three, man, and the Grizzlies. And I, I, the, another key to the game is that the Grizzlies just dominate them on the glass. The Grizzlies dominated the Timberwolves on the glass pretty much the entire series and did it, did it again. Once again, in game six, the Grizzlies out, rebounded the T-Wolves, 57, no, 56 to 37. So the Grizzlies dominating the board, 17 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies. So you know what that 17 offensive rebounds are? Giving the Grizzlies another opportunity to score a bucket. You got 19 more rebounds than the other team? You should win. And they did. But it's the, it's, it's the resiliency that this Grizzlies team plays with. Because, look, I mean, this was, a, this was a good game. Game six was a good competitive game. And Minnesota came out. They didn't really come out with that dog, that intensity, but they came out and played well. 
But the Grizzlies was just going at them, going at them, going at them. But Minnesota got some momentum. In that third quarter, they, I think, nice, not, not think at the end of three, they were up 10. At the end of three quarters, Minnesota was up 10, which means at the end of three quarters, the Grizzlies were down 10. And they won by eight. So what that did? What that did? Grizzlies outscored them 40 to 22 in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. The Grizzlies outscored the Timberwolves 40 to 22 in the fourth quarter. And the Grizzlies playing on the road. That's tough. And the one thing about Minnesota, man, y'all leads were never safe with the Grizzlies. Remember that game where the Grizzlies came back from down 26 in the first half, then got back down again by 25? I think that was game three and one on the road. So Minnesota knew and knows that the only time that lead was safe against the Memphis Grizzlies is when the damn game was over. So I'm pretty sure they, they up 10 at the end of three. They may have been feeling pretty good, but they weren't feeling pretty safe because they know the Grizzlies chip away, chip away, chip away. And the Grizzlies chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Till they finally chipped them all the way down, broke their backs. I was going to say send them home, but let them stay home. Remember Carl Anthony Town said that we're in Minnesota now. Well, y'all in Minnesota for game six, man, and y'all don't have to leave Minnesota unless y'all go into y'all offseason home. Because y'all can pack up, stay at the crib, while the Grizzlies move on. But very impressive win by the Grizzlies. Very, very impressive series by the Grizzlies. I expected it to go six games. Wouldn't have been surprised if it went seven games. Grizzlies still a young team. Minnesota still a young team with some young talent. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, impressive. All Anthony Edwards really needs is a point guard. He gets a, he gets a real point guard because Patrick Beverly is a he's a backup point guard. He's not your star. He's he's no one's starting point guard. He can be, but you you're not gonna go too far. All he do, all he's good at is, is agitating people. His jump shot broke. He really don't drive unless you just leave the lane open for him. But ain't no reason to talk about him. It's all about the Memphis Grizzlies and what they just accomplished. Heading to, I think, yeah, winning a playoff series for the first time since 2015. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But I'm going off the dome. And uh, you know what that Grizzlies team is, was. But the Grizzlies close out the Minnesota Timberwolves, man, 114 to 106. And I got to say, the broadcasting team of Brevin Knight, Pete Pranica, Rob Fisher, outstanding. Because that was their last one. They do it on Bally Sports. And now, you know, once the NBA gets deep into the playoffs like it is, now the big money networks take over. But they did an outstanding job, man. Brandon and Pete. The things that they be saying and the analysis they be providing and the things that they notice. I mean, it's outstanding. It's outstanding. It's stellar. And I'm giving them credit because you follow me on Twitter at the underscore Doc Holiday. I'm lighting up all these other national medias that be with the bush. Getting at it, but I can't do nothing but give, them, give those men credit. That broadcast team doing an excellent job calling Grizzlies games on Bally Sports. Hate, angles, hate, hate, we're not going to hear, hear them broadcast another game together until next season. 
But the thing about it, they still can provide coverage. So we're still going to be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. Because right here in big old Memphis, we're moving on to the second round. And you know who's waiting on us? On us, the Golden State Warriors. And we're waiting on y'all too. Golden State was able to wrap up their series before us. Winning their series four games to one over the Denver Nuggets. But here we are. We the two seed. Golden State the three seed. On the other side, you got the Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks. That's in the West. But the Grizzlies and Warriors facing off in game one of the Western Conference semifinals Sunday afternoon at FedEx Forum. We don't even call it the Grindhouse anymore, do we? No. We don't call it the Grindhouse. What do we call it? We call it the home of champions. We won no championship here. But the way we feel here in big old Memphis, we call ourselves champions anyway. So I'm extremely impressed. And I'm extremely impressed with the job Taylor Jenkins has done. I must admit, when they hired him, whenever they hired him, when did they hire Taylor Jenkins? Three years ago, four years ago? Just out of nowhere, I think he was working for the Milwaukee Bucks. I didn't know anything about him. I was like, who the hell is this dude? Do the Grizzlies front office know what the hell they doing? But the answer to that is, hell yeah. Because Taylor Jen Jenkins has proved himself to be an outstanding coach. The Grizzlies front office have uh, shown themselves to be outstanding with how they drafted and players they've acquired. But it's really been through the draft. And this is a young Grizzlies team. Hmm. So I got to salute him. Got to salute him. So Golden State, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole. We waiting on y'all, bro. And I like that. I like that matchup, too, because Golden State not going to play like Minnesota. Like Minnesota wanted to be physical and clog the paint and all that old kind of stuff. Not, not letting Josh drive and not really wanting to play fast, even though Minnesota puts up the points. See, Golden State, I think they just, they're going to play. They're going to try to get up and down that court. They ain't going to be as physical as the Timberwolves are trying to be, even though Draymond might try to, he may try to push, which I don't blame him. But Golden State, do, they do have, they do have that dude named Steph now. They do have that dude named Clay. Now they got the young, the young Royal Jordan Poole, who's, Hooping now, they're the triple triplets. And Draymond Steele, he's just a smart, excellent basketball player all around. Offense, defense, thinking, calling plays, putting people in positions, playing tough. This is a series I want to see. This is a series a lot of people want to see. And we got it. Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors. Round two of the Western Conference playoffs, which is the final four. That's on this side. Over in the Eastern Conference, that's sad as well. You got the Milwaukee Bucks defending NBA champions, taking on the Boston Celtics. That should be a good series. Then you got the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Miami Heat. That was supposed to be a good series, but finding out that 
Sixers star center Joel Embiid may not be playing. He's out indefinitely in this series against the Heat. It was released that he has a right broken orbital bone and suffered a concussion in their win over the Toronto Raptors and their closeout win against the Toronto Raptors. And the thing about it, he hurt himself with about four minutes left in the game, and the game was pretty much over. I don't know why he was still in the game. But he was in there, and the Sixers got hurt for it. Somebody drove and hit him with an elbow, hit him with an elbow, broke his eye, broke a bone in his eye socket, gave him a concussion. So he's out indefinitely. Now, I don't know if indefinitely, well, indefinitely means indefinitely. And that's tough because Miami is the one seed. Miami plays tough. But I ain't really worried about what's going on in the East. I'm just worried about, I ain't really worried about what's going on in the West. But I have to talk about it because it's the wrong pass option. We talk about all sports. Football, basketball, basketball, football. And speaking of football, the NFL draft, rounds two and three, took place on Friday night. I paid attention, but I really didn't pay attention. Uh, but I was waiting on a couple of Memphis Tigers to see if they were going to be drafted in the third round. Also, a local guy tried to see when he was going to get drafted. But a couple of Memphis Tigers in the draft, we're expecting to be drafted. Uh, wide receiver Calvin Austin III and offensive lineman Dylan Parham. And Dylan Parham was taken in the third round by the Las Vegas Raiders. 90th pick overall, big offensive tackle Memphis Tigers. So salute to you, Dylan Parham. And I'm telling you, Raiders, what you got. Dylan Parham, aggressive. He's athletic, he's strong, and he got that dog in him. And when you play, when you play on the when you play in the league, you gotta have that dog in you. Especially playing on, playing on the offensive line, you gotta have that dog in you. And I tell people now, playing in the NFL is a different beast. I still remember my first day at training camp in practice with the St. Louis Rams. I'm in a three point. I'm in a three point stance. I, I, I don't really know about the speed of the game. You know what I'm saying? That was my first practice, just putting on the pads. So I'm in the three-point, and we had, uh, we had a linebacker, Robert Jones, who had just won a Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys, that came over with the Rams uh, signing. And he was, he was middle linebacker from East Carolina, man. And I'd be damned. Soon as that ball said, soon as that ball was snapped, I mean, as soon as it was snapped, Robert Jones was – Pass the line of scrimmage in my face, blowing my damn head up. I said, oh, this is how this is done. Okay. So you need guys to be ready. You need guys to have that dog. And Las Vegas Raiders, Dylan Parham has that dog. So salute to you, Dylan Parham. Las Vegas Raiders, y'all getting a great player. Y'all getting a good guy here for, here that played at the University of Memphis, and we constantly, you know, getting draft picks every, you know, we every, I, you know, if people don't, don't know I'm a Memphis Tiger. So, you know, we put them in, the, in the NFL, so you can come on down here to the M-Town and play for the Tigers. Calvin Austin III, the receiver, speedy receiver, who really ran a 4-2-1. What, what was his time I, I, I was looking at? 4-2-1. But I think they gave him a 4-3-something at the combine, but looking at him, he ran a 4-2-1. Still waiting on his name to be called, which it will be called. And also Georgia linebacker, N'Kobe Dean. Played at Horn Lake here, very close to Memphis, right down the street from where I stand, Whitehaven in Memphis. But Horn Lake, Mississippi, Horn Lake starting N'Kobe Dean from the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. 
gets drafted in the third round by the Philadelphia Eagles, 83rd overall. So he's joining Memphis Tiger Kenneth Gainwell. So salute to you, Nicobe Dean. And don't listen to anybody talking about you slid, you fail. You can't fall, man, until the draft takes place. There's no – when people say, well, they fail. They fail from the top. How can you fall when the draft hasn't taken place? Just because someone's telling you something and they're projected to be there, that don't mean that – so, Nicobe Dean, do not focus on somebody saying you, you fail. Be thankful to the Most High God that not only you getting a chance to play in the NFL, you were drafted. A lot of people don't make it to the NFL. And a lot of people that make it to the NFL, a lot of them don't get drafted. A lot of them don't get an opportunity to hear their name called on draft day. Draft days now. So, Nicobe Dean, Young Royal, and anybody else who may be disappointed in their draft position and draft selection, it's, it's just as easy to think about the positive. If I was you, Nicobe, I'd be like, all oh, praises to the most. I thank you, Father, for allowing me to be drafted. Because as a kid, we always say, I want to make, if you're playing football, a lot of times, a lot of young football players say, I, just, I want to make it to the NFL. That's what we say, man, I want to make it to the NFL. We'll never give a drown. We'll never give a draft selection. We just say, I want to make it to the NFL. Then we get on the cusp of making it. We make it. But we start listening to other people about when we're supposed to be drafted. Now we get depressed and down when, for the longest, we were just saying, I want to make it to the NFL. So you made it to the NFL, so you can thank God for that because a lot of people don't get that opportunity, my guy. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. They don't. So congratulations to you all. And congratulations once again to our Memphis Grizzlies, to my Memphis Grizzlies. Y'all listening, it's a lot of Grizzlies fans listening. Once again, the Grizzlies beat the Timberwolves 114 to 106 in Minnesota. Win the series four games to two. Brandon Clark, MVP of the first round series, man. Jaron Jackson Jr., way to step up, brother. And I love the way you went and looked for your dad, Jaron Jackson Sr., after the game, because I'm pretty sure that shows you Jaron Jackson Jr. been struggling on the court with those fouls. So listening to Brevin Knight and his excellent broadcasting, talking about his dad came to town, came to the game, and told Brevin, he's like, no, nah, I didn't come to talk Jaron about basketball for what? He knows how to play basketball. I came to eat like he came to check on his son and see if his son was okay. And tell his son, look, hey, are you signed up to play basketball? Play. It's tough for you. So what? Play. But to give his son that emotional support. Because a lot of times, parents, I mean, most of the time, parents are not like fans. We're going to love our children whether they have a bad game. We love them unconditionally. So he don't have to talk to him about basketball. Jaron Jackson Jr. knows how to play basketball. His dad don't have to school him on basketball anymore. You show up to see how he's doing. Not only that, to, see, to let him lay eyes on you so he can say, look, I'm here to support you. Someone that really loves you, regardless of what's going on, is here to support you. And that's what Jaron Jackson Sr. did, and his dad and his son appreciate that. So after the game goes, look for him, goes up in the stands, stand gives him a huge hug, and I love that, man. Fathers matter. Black fathers matter. And there's a lot of black fathers still in their children's lives, regardless of what you hear and say. What you be, what you, uh, regardless of what you hear, hear and say, people say they are. And I love to see that. And I love the way John Morant's dad, T, has been following and supporting his son. Carl Anthony Towns, his dad, following and supporting his son. That's lovely. And T. Morant deserves to bask in the spotlight of his son's success because 
He's shown his son all kinds of love and support, probably taking him to all kinds of games since Job was a kid. Supporting your children's dreams and laying the foundation for them. And when you see them realize those dreams, you, can, you, you, you should celebrate that. And anybody have a problem with that, man, shame on you. That's that man's son. That's that young royal's dad, whom he loves. A dad that support, that support him and Jah has a sister. So salute to them fathers. Salute to them black kings. Salute to them. And salute to the Grizzlies and Golden State. We looking for you. We here. Gone. Hell, y'all probably already had already booked your plane ticket. Book your, I mean, book your charter plane. So get your ass on from California. Get on to the big old Memphis. Stay at the Western. Just move downtown. And we'll see y'all Sunday. But that's going to do it for another great episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce. Prayers to the Bruce family and Doc Holliday. I'm out.